Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to the Football Friday Podcast, brought to you by the Morning Times and the Daily Review. Logan Hill, Johnny Williams, David Goff, all here. I'm Kirk Lovison, and we're ready to get you into the new year. First, we hope everyone had a happy and very Merry Christmas. Not a whole lot going on locally, considering the holiday and kids being off and families doing family things, but we'll try to touch on as much as we can and then really just get ready for a fresh 2024. But before we do that, Logan, talk to me a little bit about the Jolly Farmer, our presenting sponsor. Kirk, I will talk to you about the Jolly Farmer. And as you'll notice, this isn't our pre-recorded version. We're trying to make sure that we're still promoting the Jolly Farmer, the best donuts in town. You've heard that from me already. Take me back to when I was a little kid, but they also have so much more. They have all the beer, the chips, Huge the snacks, beer selection. anything you could want for game day, especially around this holiday season. Maybe you got some family coming over. Pick up that nacho cheese dip. Grab that spinach artichoke dip. Add, grab an extra bag of chips. You know what I mean? It's so, New Year's. Grab that craft beer, man. Grab that, that craft try. beer and enjoy bringing the new year with the Football Friday podcast and the Jolly Farmer. Downtown Waverly. Please check them out. They've been great to us all season. We're looking forward to them sticking with us in 2024. And... We're at the end of 2023, guys. It's been a good sports year. We're wrapping up here. Like we said, let's get into a little bit of roundup from local high school sports. Not a lot. It is Christmas break still. No one's really going back to school till after the new year. They try to keep it slim in terms of games. But we do have some. We had the Christmas tournament begin. We had a little bit. David, talk to us a little bit about, let's wrap up from last weekend. Yeah. We had some stuff going on. Waverly in action and hoops. Yeah, so I, I definitely haven't covered anything in a while. It's been six days. I was back home. But uh, before that, the last Thursday, so we're recording on a Thursday now, but a week ago, I was at Tioga Waverly Wrestling. Good turnout for that. And uh, Tioga just dominated to a 63-12 result. Tioga looks like they are <laughs> poised for another state championship. Yeah, looking to get three in a row there as well. They just yeah. got done with a football repeat, looking for the same in wrestling. Good start there. And then on Friday, I was back in the Waverly gym for Waverly-Binghamton basketball. It was a doubleheader, girls first, and the girls just didn't have that night. They were out. Uh, Binghamton had more second and third chance points, and Waverly had points. It w- just was an off night for Waverly girls. And then the Waverly-Binghamton boys game, thriller. The whole way, it was, it was, well, there's only one lead change in the first half, and that was after Waverly had an 18-7 deficit, their largest deficit of the season to that point, and I guess still they they answered with a 23-2 run in that first half to take a 30-23 to halftime lead, and they're thinking, all right, I got my lead. It's nothing a 23-2 run cannot fix. Turns out there are, there are 14 more lead changes to go, and it went into overtime, and it was a, a wild sequence at the end of it. The game was tied 60-60, Waverly goes down court with a chance for a buzzer beater. Ball's bobbled. Binghamton gets a steal. They rush down the court. And the guy who gets the first pass runs over the referee. And somehow, before he runs into the ref, he gets it off to his teammate for an easy layup to make a 62-60 with about five seconds left or something like that. They had to stop play for a couple minutes because the ref was just down. Yeah, I'm not going to... I am going to cut you off. Yeah. But that's the only <laughs> clip I saw from that... From that game afterwards, at the end of the night, I, I was almost like wondering, like, did David take this? And someone just posted it. It was it wasn't my video, but I did take a video of it because I had missed the Waverly buzzer beater. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> I, I know. I know you like to record, so I was like, this would be the perfect moment. And I also tough. I also audibly went, oh, so I didn't post it because <laughs> <laughs> tough tough stretch for that official. Not only did he take out basically take out the guy in the play after the play, the guy trips over the referee again. So just, he, it was one of those couldn't get out of the way and you hate when you make yourself part of the game, but that was a crazy, crazy was, finish to that game. It was a game. crazy sequence. And then uh, Waverly did have a timeout to kind of, re- well, I mean, they had to take a timeout because the ref was down for a couple minutes. They didn't even ended up being okay. Just so you know, but uh, Waverly's attempt at a game time floor at the buzzer was just short and Waverly suffered their first, first loss of the season that night. But Logan was at the Valley Christmas Tournament semifinal last night, which was Wednesday. Yeah, let's get into it. Valley Christmas Tournament underway. When this comes out, it'll be officially over. We got games on Thursday night. Logan was there covering Wednesday. I was in attendance. You didn't come say hi? I didn't. I saw you (laughs) down there. You were doing your job. You you were dialed in. I didn't want to bother you. You were in the zone. But we started. Let's start with the first game, Waverly. Tioga. Before before I talk Valley Christmas Tournament, absolutely going to do that. I need to talk about the end of my week last week because we had a couple of big events. Um, yeah. I was at Tawanda Boys Basketball against Wellsboro, their second win of the year, all-time close game, some great defensive mentality, 
I guess, adjustments coming into the game allowed them to kind of be in it with Wellsboro, who over there in Tioga County, but is kind of a foe for some of these Bradford County NTL teams, especially on the hardwoods. So great game there. Tawana gets their second win of the year that night. And then I had Wyloosing Wrestling on Thursday. They honored that 900 wins. They had a banner. It was youth night. So many Rams faithful in the building just to to kind of recognize that 900th win they got during their dual meets. And then more wrestling Friday night for me. Central Columbia at Tawanda. Tawanda had their Hall of Fame night. Put three new guys into the Hall of Fame. I believe it was Darren Rockwell. Jesse Chesla and Travis Chesla, 2009-2010 honorees. Really important to what it sounds like, that that recent era of really impactful Tawanda wrestling team. So they were able to honor that, and then Tawanda's boys went out and grabbed another win. Then it was Christmas, and then I came back, and it was time for the Valley Christmas tournament. First look at Waverly Tioga boys hoops this year, besides obviously that one play with the official. Tough, tough stretch for him in that Binghamton game. But Waverly just... Didn't go away. They were up by three after one quarter, and then they they brought out the press, whether it was a man press, whether they went to a little bit of a zone press, threw different looks at Tioga defensively. And what I took away from that game, and maybe this isn't the case with them, you've obviously seen them more times this year, David. Tioga felt like a very back-to-the-basket team. If they're not, if their shooters aren't hitting, they're going to go back to the basket to try to score points. And where Waverly was just, we're going to go fast. Whatever we do, whether it's pull-up jumpers, whether it's three-point attempts, whether it's back to the basket ourselves, but we're going to do it quickly and we're going to do it fast. Joey Tommaso returned to action. He looked good. Shot from outside, wasn't falling, but he made the adjustment, got inside, got buckets in the paint. I even saw him, obviously, Waverly and Tioga, it's a rivalry game in a sense, so a little bit of chirping on both yeah. sides, even though the game necessarily wasn't Good close. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, from what I saw in the crowd early on, I thought Waverly did a really good job of make deciding someone else is going to beat us other than Evan Sickler. Mm-hmm. It looked like they put Colson Keithley on him earlier, who could kind of match athleticism. But you're right, a very back-to-the-basket type of team. They like to use Rossi down low. They like to get physical. And Waverly kind of took that away from him early on. It's, it's funny you say that because the Tioga game I was last at, they were shooting, uh, shooting the three-point shot like crazy. So. Well, that's, well, that's what I well, saw a lot guard of. play. They, yeah. they, they took a lot, of, a lot of deep shots, but they were in the second half more often than the first half because Waverly was able to kind of build that lead in the second quarter and just ride it the rest of the way. But... When Tioga's threes didn't fall, they were getting a lot of offensive rebounds. And that's what I take away. And we talked briefly before we press record, right? We weren't necessarily blown away. I wasn't necessarily blown away by the game Xavier Watson played for Waverly. Still a very clean game. Obviously, he dealt with some some foul trouble. Foul trouble early up. But still, I mean, he had some highlight plays, don't get me wrong. And anytime your, your guy that's playing center can just hang out there on the three and shoot an in-rhythm three and drain it, yeah. that's always going to be good. But I, I take away from that game his play. Coupled with Valentino Rossi's play, just inside, some very good back and forth. I'm gonna get mine. I'm gonna get mine. And two big, strong kids too. You can really see that on the court. It was it was fun to watch was, from a physicality a standpoint. But like you said, Waverly just never went away. And then in the the nightcap game, which ended up being the best of those two games yesterday, it was Sarah and Athens. And out of the gates, it looked like maybe Sarah's got something tonight. And I've had the opportunity to see Sarah a lot this year. I I don't mean it to be in a negative connotation. I think they're a frisky team. I think the chips are going to have to fall the right way for them to earn some of these wins this year. They're still figuring out how to manage with no Jackson Hubbard, a thousand point scorer from a season ago. Nick Pelicano is taking a lot of the ball handling duties. Zach Sinise alongside with him, that that shooter. And I, I was able to hop on with uh, Pat McDonald on the radio for a couple of minutes last night. Uh, Zach Sinise just has that irrational confidence that you want out of your shooter. Like he thinks every shot he takes in and go in and he's lefty. Uh, I'll always give him props to fellow lefty myself. But just uh, they they were giving Athens a game, and then Athens was able to kind of step back into it on their home court, hosting the Christmas tournament, and take that lead in the second quarter. And it went back and forth to end the second quarter, third quarter. Troy Rosenblum had a, a three at the buzzer to end the first quarter that kept that game closer than it was. And then in the second half, uh, Athens was just able to start to kind of pull away, uh, get buckets. And then in the fourth it was, it was kind of in the verge, like, oh, will Sarah be able to get all the way back into it? Kicks over to Jace Babcock. That's what I led my story with last night on the game. His only three of the night, his only points of the night, wide open in the, in the corner, and it kind of, I believe it made it something like a, a nine-point lead or something with, with about two minutes to play. So just kind of put it away, and then it ends up being a 13-point win, but that's because Sarah went to the foul method there late. So just a great, great game, and... I, this was my first ever Valley Christmas tournament. I have to imagine that having those four teams, having Sarah, having Athens, having Waverly and Tioga all playing it, just it was foolish by me. I left here, the office last night, probably 10, 15 minutes till six, 
that was a foolish decision because the parking lot was jam packed, and I'm going to give you that advice okay. tonight. If you're I was telling David before we started. <laughs> kudos to the community, great atmosphere. Yeah. In in day one of that tournament, and to drive you guys to our print edition. Obviously, when this comes out, it's Friday already. We'll know who won the Christmas tournament. Please check out our coverage in the Morning yeah. Times. It's out on stands right now. David will be at that game tonight, um, certainly for Waverly and Athens, which will be the championship. Tioga will play Sare in the Constellation third-place game. But let's let's do a little preview here. I know it'll be coming out later, but let's see if it holds up when people listen. What are you guys thinking in terms of that second night? I think tioga Sare will be pretty competitive. I think both teams played two teams that on paper would probably be considered favorites against them, and they hung pretty tight. I think that'll be a good matchup, and then Waverly-Athens should be excellent. So having watched them all as of 24 hours ago, I, I do think that consolation game will be something to watch, something that I saw to say or that I haven't seen in previous games this season. They went with kind of a, a two-man, big-man lineup choice. They went with Ryan Ressler and Hudson Trump both in at the same time, not subbing for one another. And that maybe that was just the plan coming against Athens because Athens didn't necessarily have the height and the frames to match that. Um, Connor Mosier, obviously a big guy for them, but... He's not exactly the tallest, but he had a 20-rebound game at the last game I was at. Oh, he, yeah. he, he's a, absolutely a hard worker and one of the most fluid movers that I've seen around the league so far. Obviously, being a senior, that probably helps him a little bit. But just he, I wouldn't classify him as somebody you're going to go to send play center a la Hakeem Olajuwon, right. whereas Ryan Ressler and Hudson Trump both kind of fit more into that. I'm not going to say they're Hakeem Olajuwon. That would be a lot to ask of anybody. But they're more of that true center big man role. And it'll be interesting so, to see. We just talked about Rossi. It'll be interesting seeing some of I mean. that muscle down low, how they match up. Where where I would think Tioga, would, if I had to give them an advantage, is in the guard play, just because, like you said, Kirk, they have so many dudes yeah, that can handle the ball. They're deep at guard. Whether it's Sickler, whether it's uh, Shea, Shea Bailey. Bailey. Jackson Bombard is a freshman. Yes. Who, who, who played every minute of last night's Correct game. Correct me if I'm wrong. Gavin Fisher also on the wing there, yeah, able to very good. handle the ball. They're talented. I mean, they're, and that's they, not to take anything away from Sarah. Like I said, Nick Pelicano handling a lot of the ball handling, point guard duties. Zach Sinise out there on the wing. So, seen some Mikey Griffin this season. Dalton Forrest got some burn last night. So they have options. I think that, like I said, they're still learning. I, For the sake of the Valley, for the sake of both teams, I, I think it should be a good good game and I think the Sarah team is just hungry like they won a small school NTL title last year so they and maybe they haven't necessarily met the expectations they had for themselves so that consolation game you should get out there uh, hopefully you did get out there because you yeah. listen to this on Friday and, and catch that one let's let's tee David up for what he should expect David gonna be covering the championship on Thursday night between Athens and Waverly David's gotten to see Waverly a little bit so far what what do you what do you expect David to see with Athens matching up with Waverly and and David well what do you expect to see from Waverly coming into this well, game? I was just mentioning how Connor Mosher isn't the tallest kid. He's not the tallest, and he if he's quote unquote the big man for Athens or whatever. Facing Xavier Watts is going to be a tough one to do. I was going to say not the tallest, but I think they still have him listed at like six foot two, six foot three. Which yeah, for high school, yeah, he's, he's I, pretty I, good. I don't want to sell him short. Yeah. he's not short, but it's just that's a pun. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. I, I'll be interested to see but if Watson Xavier, gets down low more so, in the championship. Yeah, I mean Watson at that Binghamton game that they lost in overtime, he was Waverly's player of the game. He had seventeen points, fifteen rebounds. He was such a force down low. He's a, I mean, he's a six four foot four junior, and. Uh, it, you can Watson's the kind of kid that you can tell when he's on, he's going to be real tough to face. Yeah, and I can't speak and for the coaching. Have, and then you have all the talent around with Joey and oh, Jay. Sure. And I can't speak for the Huck. coaching, but that could have been a strategic thing against Tioga that they didn't put Watson down low. Again, at the foul trouble we talked about early on. But with a kid, we keep mentioning his name, like Rossi down low and the muscle and the strength and being able to get positioning. Maybe they decide, hey, we'll show some of Watson's other game off a little bit. And then the foul trouble just put that to bat a little bit, but... As far as what I expect out of that game, I, I think it should be a good one. I will say Xavier Watson sat there and watched the entire second game. I don't know if that was just because he felt like hanging out for the night. I think um, Colson Keithley was over there with him too, but from the angle I had, I could clearly see Xavier Watson sitting over there. And obviously, I'm not going to get into any no, of it. We won't get into the weeds, but I know what's coming. <laughs> but it is it is a it return game against his yes. former team. He did play yeah. for Athens Keithley previously. As well. Keithley as well. So the, this game will have that, some bite to it. There's that level to it as well, and that's yeah. about all I'll say. I, I expect it to be a good game. If Waverly... 
clicks with the kind of chemistry they had against Tioga, I would expect them to come out on the winning side. But if the shots are falling for Athens, they have just as many hey, guys that they trust in those moments. Ath- so. Athens beat a state-ranked team earlier this year, and that was a game where they were, they were down 16 nothing. so you never know. Yeah, and we're not going to get in the weeds with them. We're not going to get political about it. We're just going to talk about the fun aspect of it is you have two kids that went to one school are now playing for the yeah. other school. They're going to meet on the court, and oh, it's going to be fun. School. Like, yeah. that's, you can't yeah. ask for more storylines. That's what we chase in this business and storylines. Every, that's one of them. Everyone Absolutely. who's Absolutely. Everyone who's going to be at that game and follows these basketball teams knows what exactly. the deal is. Exactly. Yeah. So, the atmosphere will be electric. So it should be should be a great wrap-up to the Valley Christmas tournament. And as look, I'm based out of Tawanda most of yes. my days, but the Valley is where I kind of got ingrained first. I went to a lot of Athens baseball games when I was getting started out. Just a great, great atmosphere, and it's something the community always comes out for, so that's really cool. Yeah, too. and please get out there. The print edition for the Morning Times on stands right now that will be mostly covering this. And, of course, check out the Daily Review with Logan as well. A lot coming up, especially in the new year. We're looking forward to much better and much deeper high school roundup as we go into 2024. Both guys will have you covered throughout those seasons. Again, in both the Morning Times and Daily Review, get out and support Logan. Get out and support David and, of course, support us. We really appreciate it. Let's get into college. By the time this airs, by the time we come on air next week, we'll have watched the semifinals of the college football playoff. Before we get there. What do you got? A certain coach of a college team got a Mayo bath last night. That's true. And that was near West Virginia Mountaineers. That was the Mountaineers. Welcome to the Mayo bath club. It felt felt good. I I thought about opening up a jar and dumping it on myself. (laughs) We got, hey, nine wins for a team that was expected to win three. Okay. Pretty solid turnaround for the Mountaineers. I have no idea what the expectations were. for. Neil Brown saves his job. Uh, Not a big West Virginia heavy demographic we have listening to this but, but i am a corner Mount- of our podcast is i am a mountaineers fan my father who owns this company is a mountaineers fan so it was a good night for us i uh i tried to put that story in both papers but there was an issue with the syndication hyperlink of it uh, that's that's uh work talk but couldn't get it in i was like that'll make everybody happy if they see a mayo bath in the morning no question <laughs> unfortunately didn't happen i'm glad you said before we get to the college football playoff too because it did remind me penn state yeah they're gonna yeah. play beforehand they're gonna play old miss on saturday saturday yeah that should be a really good game. Ole that, Miss is catching some traction for next season. I know that. They've basically won the transfer portal, according to a lot of pundits. And you got, and I don't know the rankings for these teams in terms of offense yeah. and defense, but Penn State defense, notorious for their defense this year. Very good. Ole Miss offense, notorious for their offense. Yeah. So that should be an interesting matchup. That'll be a really good one. As far as the semifinal, it's Michigan, Alabama, and it's Washington, Texas. Any early feels, any early leans, boys? It just feels like Alabama being the team that no one really wanted to be in, they're just going to end up doing it. You think so? <laughs> I'd be I, so mad. I, I don't know that I believe that, but I would not be shocked I'll in the slightest. Right now. Oh, what is this? I'm t- I got Michigan winning that football game. Okay. I, I think the question has been their schedule, and then it was, well, now they get to the meat of it. They have took care of the easy part. They took care of the hard part. They've had scandals, didn't phase them. Coaches not on the sideline, didn't phase them. Not much has phased this football team this year. I'm just going to have to say it until it's proven otherwise. I don't think Alabama will phase them either. Neither team I want to see win. However, I think Michigan Bama is going to be a really fun game. Yeah. This screams like 24 to 20 to me. 28 One to score 24. Game. Close game, but not, not necessarily a high scoring game. Strength versus strength, like you said. The best of the Big Ten. And according to the committee, the best of the SEC. Yeah. So, Who do you think? I'll go with... I'll go with Michigan in a, in a close one. I'll go Bama just because it was a lesser of two evils to me. I that's, <laughs> that's a lot. Of, that's how a lot of the country is looking at. If you're not knee deep in Alabama or Michigan football, to you, it's which do I dislike less? Yeah. To me, to that's me, I think Michigan wants to exercise those TCU demons from a year ago yeah. as well, right? So that's part of it. So I think it'll be a great game. And like I said, I'll go Michigan in a close one. And, and I say that it all it would be. Not shocking in the slightest if Bama were to go on and win this whole thing after everything that's happened, mm-hmm. that's happened but I do feel like Michigan's going to win the game. All right. If you want points, it's the other game. Oh, yeah. Man, if you're <laughs> gamble responsibly, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. If there's ever an over that I'm just going to bet blindfolded, it's Washington <laughs> versus Texas. I think this one's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be another one-score game. Logan talked about 24-20 with... Alabama, this Michigan. This was like 56 Yeah, I, I was 49-42, something along yeah. those lines. I'm going to say Washington wins this football game. I agree. I also agree. Beat Oregon twice. Texas, great win at Alabama, but since then, struggled with TCU. Lose to Oklahoma. Yeah. Washington, no losses. Had to beat Oregon twice just to get here. Give me Washington. I also agree Washington is going to win. 
I, for same reasons you kind of mentioned, I also think Michael Penning Jr. is just a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of this is just me wanting Washington to win because I, out of the four teams in the playoff, they'd be the team I'd be happiest for. Jaden Daniels deserved the Heisman. I wouldn't have been disappointed if Michael Penix won it either. Yeah. I, I, what a year. Yeah. I'm in that same boat as far as the Heisman goes. Yeah. I will say I think Washington is the better team. I think no one has wanted to give them credit. Even going back to that uh, Pac-12 championship where Oregon was the nine-point favorite in that game. And then yeah. what does Washington do? Just beats them again. So, um, by the way, looked it up. The line for the currently on ESPN bet gamble responsibly, but for Alabama, Michigan is. Do you want to guess, Kirk? Oh, it's, we're gonna. I have them both. I think I know what it is. Alabama forty-five, uh, forty-four and a half. Alabama, okay. Michigan, oh. and then Texas, Washington. Ooh. <laughs> Sixty-two and a half. Sixty-three and a half. Ooh, so you're on fire. Nice. Yep. But I was always so obviously. They think that, they think that second game. <laughs> well, I mean, this we, is like, we were in here a couple weeks ago, yeah. and I was on fire. Logan that was, was last week. Logan yeah. got all the NFL spreads. Right. I think I got him to like six in a row that he nailed. So, <laughs> but uh, so obviously they they think that second game is going to be way more points oriented than the first game necessarily, but. I don't have any reason not to believe in Texas. I think they're going to want to make a statement. They made the playoff. They beat Alabama this year. If not now, then when, especially going to the SEC in the very near future. But I'll ride with Washington in this one. And then I think, not to get ahead of myself, but I think if it's Washington and Michigan, give me Washington in a close one. They're going to prove. Michael Penix has been kind of building to this moment. He People forget he started his career at Indiana. Yeah. So it's been a long yeah, and great long story. and tired road for him, but this will be where he makes his moment. There's a certain play with him in Indiana that Penn State fans do not want to recall. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Is <laughs> it the dive at the pylon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know ball. Yeah. Johnny, Washington, Texas. <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm not throwing Johnny under the bus here to say that Johnny he doesn't follow college football as much as we do, but if when you talk like March Madness on the college side, it's usually the guys who aren't as dialed in but no sports. That nail these picks. No, that's why I have Washington, Texas, Johnny. I have Alabama circled and I have Washington circled. All right. That's where, that's where I'm going. I like I'll that. I'll see where I am next week. <laughs> that would be an interesting championship, too. Washington, Alabama. All, I don't think anyone the, would have saw that matchup if you talked yeah. back in the beginning of the season. All of the possible matchups and games here are enticing. Just keep it. The conspiracy theorist in me says keep an eye out for Alabama, Texas, right? For just Alabama to write the ship from the only loss. And then it'd be like, oh, Nick yeah. Saban this, Nick Saban that. So just keep an eye out for that. Storyline-wise, it's probably the best. So that's it for college. By the time we get back to you and recording next week, we'll have an idea of who the final's going to be, and we'll get to dive into our picks for that one. Let's move on to the NFL. I know people love listening to us banter some NFL. Before that, again, get downtown Waverly. Go to the Jolly Farmer. New Year's Eve this weekend, stock up all your convenience store needs, beer. Like Logan said, get out in the morning, get some donuts. Oh, you would probably think my teeth are rotted how often I've talked about these donuts, but they were were life-changing. They were life-changing. And we want to thank Jolly Farmer so much for sponsoring us in 2023. We hope they stick around with us in 2024. Please get out them and support them. Please get out there and support them the way they've supported us. NFL, guys. Some of us here had good holidays. Some <laughs> great, of us, some of us, holidays. Some of us didn't. Some of it was a blur, if I got to be honest, with family parties and all kinds of stuff going on. But let's let's talk about it. Let's kind of work into this playoff picture a little bit. Logan, you are. I don't want to say in cruise control. There's some work left to be done. But your Ravens, they're right there for that number one seed. It's looking better and better as each day goes by. How you feeling? I wrote a poem. Oh, oh man! Heard a poem. Twas the twas the night of Christmas. Uh, I, Go ahead. Uh, let me I'm ask the mute, lights above I'm us. I'm going to mute all you guys, and I'm just going to read this. I guess I'll leave your mics on. But <clears throat> let's hear it. Logan Hill's Christmas poem for 2023. <laughs> twas the evening of Christmas, as all through the land, even the most fair weathered were preparing to be a football fan. The birds of Baltimore against the miners of San Fran, duking it out, as across the nation you'd be hearing cheering and many a shout. Two top dogs to decide who was best. And let me tell you, the Ravens were up to the test. Four interceptions of that would-be MVP Purdy. The bullies of Baltimore turned him into Brock Hurdy. Thorough domination in front of a national crowd. The Baltimore Ravens made the AFC proud. I feel the need to make clear anyone yelling, CMC for MVP's judgment is poor. I mean, dear God. Please just look at the score. <laughs> I had a great time watching the Ravens take the NFL crown, but things quickly pivot with the Dolphins coming to town. A battle for number one in the NFL's best conference. 
I'm glad the Ravens have Lamar Jackson running the offense. I considered ending this poem with a handful of digs. That is not needed because I really like this gig. You guys must know that your teams aren't great, and that truly must sting because where, from where I'm sitting, I'm thinking more about a Super Bowl ring. That was beautiful. beautiful. So, yes, I sit here on this podcast today, and I ask you guys to tell me why the Ravens aren't the best team in the NFL. <laughs> I just I just would like to say the Miners of San Fran was like a really cool line. That was good. That was that was the that was the, the gold nugget of yeah. that, if you will. I oh. think you're losing to the Dolphins. I'm, I'm <laughs> the biggest game. And that's, that's the worst part about – I feel like something's off, but do I still sound all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's the worst part about how good that game on Christmas went. Is in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't mean doesn't anything. Matter. It doesn't mean anything. Because if the Dolphins come into Baltimore and just beat the Ravens in front of the home crowd on New Year's Eve, they have the inside track to the number one seed, and all everything the Ravens have been working towards doesn't matter. That said, I had a really great night Christmas Eve. It was awesome to see that. In I was hanging out with some of my buddies the end of the night, and just to be able to watch that game go the way that it did. So I have to... This is so funny. It just struck me. We talked a lot about the ref situation earlier. And the ref falling down and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did anyone? That Lamar Jackson safety. Or, Trust me, uh, we, we noticed. Or whatever. <laughs> Trust oh. me, we noticed. Do you do you think it should have been, it should have been a safety? It, the, look, the the rules are the rules in the rule book. Lamar's done that a bunch of times this year, where he just kind of throws it when there's nothing there. So you have to throw the flag. Don't get me wrong. But and this is the discourse that I've heard on it is any other player in football, yeah, they're not getting out of that situation, right? Yeah. Lamar Jackson's probably the one you're like, I don't know, he might have been able to turn the corner if he doesn't get tripped by the referee. Yeah, and for those that don't know what we're talking about or didn't see the play, Lamar scrambles into his own end zone, ref falls down by accident, Lamar trips over him, and before Lamar hits the ground, he gets the ball out of his hand so he doesn't take a safety. Immediately the other ref throws the flag and calls it what was the call? Intentional, Intentional grounding. grounding, which in the end zone is a safety, a safety by rule. So the, the 49ers jump out to that 2-0 lead and you're sitting there. That was the first 10 minutes of action yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah. this is going to be a long night. Right. Um, but then obviously the game went the different way. It was through the first quarter, first two quarters, it really felt like a ref show. And when two good teams, two teams of that level are playing one another, that's not what you want to see. But it felt like, and don't get me wrong, the 49ers are very good. But it felt like the officiating crew. Oh, yeah, I know you guys know. <laughs> but the officiating crew was doing its best to make all the Niners faithful a little bit happy. It did even out a little bit down the stretch, but through the first. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, the rule book is the rule book. But you saw what happened with your own eyes. Maybe you're like, we swallowed right. this one. Yeah. We swallowed this one. That was an incomplete pass or whatever. That's kind of where I would be with it. I know I agree the rules with the rules. I think that poem may have. Kirk needs you guys to beat the Dolphins. I do. But that poem may have he might you might have went Dolphins a little bit. No, I'm no, I'm not. No bad vibes here. I need the Ravens said, to win the game. I said it. It's very important. The Dolphins are coming to town. It That's not lost on me. I'll be boots on the ground in that one. So it, it won't be breaking news when this comes out. But there will be no Jalen Waddle for that game. That's a big hit to the Dolphins' offense. Again, going to play for that one seed against both, a team who also needs it. Both teams are going to play hard. You're going to be down a man. Bodes well for the Ravens. Well, I also think the the Ravens lost to the Dolphins in dramatic fashion just a season ago in Baltimore, and I think that one still kind of sits with them just because it was like thirty five to fourteen with thirteen minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the forty nine. I'm sorry, the Dolphins come all the way back and somehow, some way, win that game at the very end. So I think that's going to be remembered, and there's no reason after watching that game Sunday night, or I'm sorry, Monday night, Christmas night. Uh, there's no reason you can't think right now until another week of NFL football happens that the Ravens are the team to beat in the NFL. They clearly proved that. Monday I think night. they're the best team in football. The interesting part is for all the superstition and vibes guys out there, you start to think, ah, oh, we might want to take a loss. We we're on this roll. Let's get one out of the way for the playoffs. You can't afford to do it. No, you got to get the one no. seed. So you're basically playing to win out the rest of the year. Well, if if they win this week, if the Ravens win this week. That is, you, you lock up. up the one seed, yes. So then you'd be able to rest some guys against the Steelers. I really, don't get me wrong, I understand why you do that because injury versus no injury, that's a no-brainer. But it's setting but it's up perfectly. Weeks of rest. Well, that, like that's true rusty. also, and that's what happened the 2019 that's year. What, uh, I was that's what happened the 2019 year. Mm -hmm. But also, the Steelers are definitely going to come into that game, and it's going to make or break whether they have a winning record or a losing record, and I just want to. Pound them in. <laughs> so if the if the Steelers but, go and beat the Seahawks this week, it's also the Steelers playing to probably get in. Yeah, exactly. So, so don't don't get me wrong. The one seed is always ideal to be able to skip that super wild card weekend round is what you want. Uh, but we've had we we could have the rest versus rust debate till we're 
till we're blue in the face. So right. a lot, but everything is in front of the Baltimore Ravens. It was a great win over the NFC's best team. And the team that had been playing the best. That's not a dig at any of you Eagles no, we fans know. or Cowboys fans. <laughs> but it was a great win, and but it, in the big scheme of things, means nothing. So David, your Eagles. Let's talk. We're talking this segment's playoff picture. They take care of the Giants. Did they? Is the AF? The, excuse me. The NFC East decided. Hold on a second. I was gonna say I'm not used to looking at you. No glasses. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> pulled a card out of my butt. I've pulled a Logan Hill. I am wearing a Jalen Hurts Midnight Green jersey that I happened to unexpectedly unexpectedly get for Christmas. <laughs> We're back. It looks uh, good. <laughs> it looks good. Uh, I don't know if that's what I took away from that game, but no. so here's the thing. <laughs> no, so obviously during the game, ugly. I wasn't really having a whole lot of fun in that second half. But those are two of the flukiest turnovers ever. Like running into your own kick returner, losing a fumble, and then Jalen Hurts can't help that Goddard slipped on that pick six. Like, if Goddard doesn't slip, that doesn't get returned. So, basically, the Giants got 15 points out of 14 yards of offense in that stretch. You take away the... And you can't discount the turnovers. I get that. But they were super fluky. Eagles, it was more... It, it's a shame it, it was as close as it was because it felt like every other point in that game that was like 33 to 10 and not 33 to 25. Did Hurts so, get the record that game? Was that that game? He did. Touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. So now it, had the Eagles won the game 33 to 10 over the Giants, it's not necessarily like impressive. It's the Giants. It's mm. what they should have done in the first place. But I do feel encouraged by how that offense looked. Like Jalen Hurts, he had that really boneheaded play near the end of the first half where he stayed in bounds. That one was weird I, for him. I don't under. I, there's no reasonable explanation for us how that could have happened. That's like but, rookie running back type stuff. Yeah, like th- that doesn't make any sense. Thank God the Giants had a game on that penalty or on that play. But, uh, you know, outside of that, the pick six wasn't even his fault. Hurts looked good in that game. I was the play calling throughout the game was actually pretty acceptable in my mind. So, Look, I'm not like back. Oh, the Eagles are definitely winning the Super Bowl. I'm really, I really just did this move because I, <laughs> it's a new jersey. I wanted to show it off. It's very good. Um, before right. anybody else jumps in, I will say over top of the jersey, he had on a Philly. <laughs> I'm just saying he really steering into the Philly Dave na- narrative this week with the NLC. So funny, yeah. funny story about the hoodie though. Embrace. Was it. that a Christmas gift as well? Yes. Okay, that's what I figured. Both of these came from my mom. Shout out yeah. to my mom. Uh, so I had asked. She always asks for a wish list every year. And I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I always, I'm always late on it. I was like, I need a new Phillies hoodie. Don't give me a postseason one. I just need a new normal Phillies red hoodie, something like yeah. that. I and I specifically said no postseason. <laughs> I, you know why? <laughs> and to, as it turns out, she had already bought the hoodie. Gotcha. So and she even said that to me. It was it's perfectly fine. It's a really comfortable hoodie. So it's a uh, 2023 NLCS hoodie. Yeah, sorry, for those. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a dig about the hoodie itself. It was just a Phillies hoodie underneath. Got yeah, the yeah. Jersey, Listeners so. are begging for the stream now. They, they need <laughs> yeah, to see the real. visuals. I looking around in this room. I don't know that they are. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those yeah. locations. It does not warm up on you. But the, no, this was my one. Does it literally unfiguratively? This was my one and only opportunity to. uh Go out, do the Logan way, and show off the jersey. There you go. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it doesn't result in a loss the next week. Like it did I'm, last I'm glad time. I didn't wear my jersey today because yeah. you know darn well I considered yeah. it coming into this podcast. <laughs> but on a serious you note, have a sweet jacket though. I did. I got a Raven starter jacket for Christmas, so we're throwing it back. On a serious note, with the Eagles, I'm definitely more encouraged than I was a week ago, and it's the Cardinals and Giants again. I don't have the nervousness that I had about them dropping those games at this point. I don't know what it's going to look like during the playoffs. I I don't I can't sit here and say like I did during 10 and 1 that they are a Super Bowl team. So okay. where do we stand with the NFC East? Is it decided? It's not. No. But again, I I feel pretty comfortable because I like I just said, I don't have the nerves about dropping a weird game against Cardinals and Giants anymore. Yeah, and they Eagles played the Cardinals out. and Giants. We played the Lions this this coming okay. Saturday. What's, so. what's very weird about that is, you know, the Eagles could win, the Lions could win, and the Eagles clinch the division. However, for seeding purposes, I'm kind of needing the Cowboys to win this week. I But I also wouldn't hate the five seed from where I sit because then I get the Bucks. I was going to say, let's sure. transition yeah. now to Dallas. Dallas drops... One of the Dolphins in a really good game. On Christmas Eve, my Christmas Eve is ruined. Christmas Eve, that's a tough tough night to <laughs> lose one on. It's a tough scene all around. What did you think about the game as a whole? 
Uh, Dallas is still exactly who I thought okay. they were when they lost to Arizona. They are, they'll enter the playoffs, maybe win a game. They won't get past the divisional Wait round. Wait a second. kind of where I st- still sit. You said you would like to get the five seed to go to Tampa, but your team's notoriously bad on the road this year. Yeah. Is that just where we're at? This is where we're at. Fair enough. <laughs> it, we're going to have to win on the road. The Super Bowl is a road game. Carry so if on. we got there. Was it two good teams or was it the Fraud Bowl? Um, Kind of feel, felt like more of a, of a Fraud Bowl, honestly. Because uh, if, if you're the Cowboys, you hold the Dolphins to the points that we did. You hold them to field goals instead of touchdowns. You got to win the game. They're a notoriously good offense that had an off day. Really, the defense wasn't great, but they held them to field goals. You got to go out there and score points. I will say on a, on a personal note, he's got Eagles stuff for for Christmas. You got Ravens stuff for Christmas. I'm married into an Eagles family, so I didn't get anything <laughs> Cowboys related for Christmas. So that's where, I, but after Christmas Eve, I didn't want anything Cowboys related. Well, return it. I don't want it. Return it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got the Hurts jersey before the game started on, on Monday, and at the last couple of weeks have been not great Hurts days. So like, <laughs> I hope this ages well. Very a, much. So. It was a mixed bag for you. The only thing now I want, I just want, I just want my, my man Parsons to get a holding flag or two. <laughs> he has not had a holding call in nine games, despite having the highest pass rushing win rate in the league and the highest double team rate in the league relatively low sack numbers because he can't get a holding call. Just treat my man fairly. What do you I'm think asking. of the roughing the passer call in the end zone on my, that was called on Miami where Dak threw up his hands to the refs. Um, I thought both roughing the passer penalties were fine. According to the rule. Okay. I see how they were both called. Ideally. I don't really don't want either one called. Did Dak acting get it? Get him I, I don't, call? he didn't act. He's not Josh Allen now. Let's gave, calm down. I don't know. One guy lost respect last week for doing it. One guy gets a pass this week well, for doing it. Dak deserves an Oscar because it did not flop by any means. I didn't think it was roughing the passer. That's fine. Personally. I, I really don't. It, it was moot because we, we we got the first down three plays, plays but later. But your point, I anyway. also didn't think Parsons was really either. I thought both were fine. If you call one, call the other. That's what I was fine with. If you don't call one, don't call the other. I was, I was at least satisfied with the consistency of it. Fair. All right. Uh, that's all I'm going to have on five the Cowboys. Seed, pretty much locked. I probably that's most likely scenario, and I and I don't hate it. You just got to get into the playoffs and just prove it to me. I'm, At this point, I'm kind of like so eh. And there's so many scenarios, but I think Logan, you're right. I think if Dallas does end up with the five, which they're expected to, the way the schedule kind of looks, mm. I think it's definitely at Tampa Bay. It doesn't look like anyone's going to steal the NFC South anymore from the Bucks, And I'm pretty sure, because we, we already have enough wins where it's going to be really hard to get anything lower than a five seed. And I know the the road woes are real this year for Dallas. I have a hard time seeing Dallas losing to Tampa too, though. So I don't think you're in a terrible spot. We'll see if it's one and done. I want to talk about your team Let's now, talk Kurt. about That's Buffalo. I mean. I'm ready to yeah. move on to Buffalo. Was, you, you, were spin, you were spinning the web, so we had to go everywhere else first. But now That's let's fair. talk about a weird, wacky Saturday night Buffalo Bills game. Yeah, so it, it, it's a bit of a blur for me. For those that don't know, and you guys at the table probably don't know, I was actually at a family holiday party that wasn't even at like a house or anything. We had rented out a back bar at downtown where my wife's family's from. So, so you had to behave socially acceptably. Well, it wasn't so much that. It was the Bills basically slept walk through the game. And every time I'd feel myself getting upset and upset, I could kind of direct that towards just walking around and mingling and catching up with, hey, good to see you. And and then I'd come back to it. And at the end of the day, I was talking to Johnny earlier, the Bills, I've figured out a little bit of their identity this season. And it's they play up or they play down to whoever they're playing. The good news is they won't be able to play down in the playoffs should they get in. But Chargers, they had to squeak one through. The Giants, they had to squeak one through. They've lost to the Patriots. They've lost to the Jets. They've lost to the Broncos, but they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Dolphins. They beat Dallas. They beat Dallas. They were a 60-yard field goal. Crushed Dallas. They were a 60-yard field goal from beating the Eagles. I said I was a Ravens fan. You don't need to do that. Yeah, but then we had had an MVP argument yesterday. (laughs) Oh, we're soured now? Okay. (laughs) Buffalo just plays up and down to whoever it is. And so while I'd normally be concerned with with a game like that against the Chargers... I'm not, because once you get in, you're playing up for everybody because you can lose to anybody in that situation. So I feel comfortable knowing, hey, when the Bills play the big dogs, they tend to show up. With that said, not a great performance. Didn't look good. Gabe Davis looked good. Finally. Four catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Allen speaking, talked Jalen Hurts rushing TDs. He added two more to his. And I believe he keep the first quarterback in NFL history 
to go four consecutive seasons with 40-plus touchdowns. Never been done before. Not Marino, not Mahomes, you name it. Not Brady, not Rodgers. So Allen just keeps padding the stats, but we'll see if it can translate to wins as we narrow things down here. The Dolphins are on my horizon. That's really all I'm thinking about right now, and I hope Buffalo's not because that means a trap game against the Patriots. So that's my only concern right now is we fall asleep at the wheel again, but I think this Chargers... Uh, sleepwalking might might cure that a little bit. You would be in shambles if we had to come in here next week and talk about the oh. Patriots beating the Bills and pretty much probably eliminating them from playoff contention. Good news is it's in Highmark Stadium, so I, I don't see another slip-up after a, a bad game this week. I think they'll take care of business. But knock on one. Yeah, knock on one. <laughs> Christmas presents. My nephew's got me a big Yeti water bottle that was just covered in Buffalo Bills stickers, which I thought was super cute and pretty cool. So I was able to get a little something. Unfortunately, Johnny, you're the... I'm the lone loser on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Your family didn't do you any favors I'm, being I from am, Phil, the Philadelphia fandom. I am the Grinch on the <laughs> this past but this past weekend. So with 40 plus touchdowns in four straight seasons, who has a better MVP case, Lamar Jackson or, or uh, Josh Allen? Are we seriously going to do this? I asked. Are the question. we seriously I'm going to do this? I'm just asking the question. It's hard because I, my first thought was, how do I spin this? How can I? What can I go with? Can I go with who's more valuable to their team? But if you took Lamar off that Ravens team... Take Josh Allen off the Bills. That's what I mean. That's what I was going to try to go with. But if you do the same with Lamar, that's a totally different team too. So right now... You're looking for a reason... You're not buying into it? But I could buy into you're it. You're looking for a reason not to give the MVP to Lamar Jackson, which, look, and it, it shouldn't be necessarily decided by who has the best team. But the Ravens have run the gauntlet this year, and he's been there every step of the way. And maybe the statistical numbers aren't there. Maybe his touchdowns aren't as high as Allen's are this year. But... They're not winning. The Bills sometimes this year have lost or have won or lost in spite of Allen, I would argue. Maybe not so much down the stretch, but like sometimes the early games where they drop some and now they're fighting for one of the last playoff spots. The Ravens are a week away, a win away from clinching the top seed in the AFC. So I don't know if it's just to rile me up, Johnny, which I'm starting (laughs) to think it might be, but I don't see how you can't. The argument are, is the same for both, unfortunately, because Allen, oh, he willed his way, his team into the playoffs. Well, so did Lamar. Oh, he's, for better or worse, so is Lamar. The interesting part is if you do start to go statistically, there's a real case then. But that's not what it is all about. And the Ravens are the best team in football. They just beat, here's a weird one. Everyone said the Chiefs were unstoppable. Not the case. Then everyone said the 49ers are unstoppable. Everyone said at some point this year, the Eagles are unstoppable. You're now in that spot yeah, where everyone's saying the Ravens it. are unstoppable. I don't feel great. I'm happy to be a fan of that team in that moment in this spot. But it's tough to be the guy on the top because yeah. then not only are you getting everybody's best shot, everybody in the media is waiting to come out and be like, oh, look at them. Look how they fell. And to be, to be transparent, I have nothing against Lamar. I love Lamar Jackson. I think I'm tired of flip-flopping the MVP favorite every week, depending on who Which is wins. what they've done. For- so if 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 the if the Dolphins uh, beat, beat the Ravens this weekend, is Tua the MVP that's, candidate? That's what, now, are we, like, we're just yeah, flip-flopping every week. Point. One week it's Dak, one week it's Hurts, one week it's Allen, one week it's Lamar, one week it's Purdy. I'm like, let's. this is why it shouldn't be a quarterback. That's probably what I'm going to get at. It should be Tyreek. It should be Christian McCaffrey. The, it should be I, one of those I two guys. I have a pushback on Tyreek that I heard today. What? Go for it. The game they beat the Jets, they won 30-0. to zero. Tyreek didn't play, so they still won a game in the NFL 30-0 to zero without their so-called MVP candidate. That's why I wouldn't say you give it to him. The reasons I said to you yesterday when we were talking off-air for McCaffrey, yes, he's been great. Yes, he's a statistical anomaly. He had a great game Monday night, and his team lost by double digits. Yeah, well, not every MVP wins goes undefeated, so and they can still have also, a good game nobody, and still lose. Nobody thought Lamar was a runaway until this week. That's what I mean. Like now, all of a sudden, it's there's no question. Yeah. Well, last, last week, week last nobody week even had no, him in the top three. Yeah. Last week, it was no question that it was Dak. Like, it's just frustrating. There's arguments. It's wide open. David, a little quiet over there. No, no Jalen Hurts anymore. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, to be fair, I'm not sure uh, David ever really pounded the table for Hurts as MVP. MVP. Don't you make me go check the, the tapes. Don't make me go check the I don't think you pounded the table for there, it. I think there was one week where it felt like he was going to be. Yeah. But I think I even said that, and I don't necessarily fully believe it, but it mm-hmm. felt like at the time that he was the front runner. I, I mean, at this point, this is why, this is why the first takes of the world get so annoying to me. Because yeah. like everything after every week is some huge end-all, be-all, this is the way it is. 
And that's where I'm frustrated. Like, that's where end, I think my frustration is looking like I'm yeah. kicking out a load. So, so well, let's do this before, before you go. Let's vote. If you ended the season right now today, who is your MVP? For me, it's Lamar. Lamar Jackson. I'm going to say Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Still doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm probably going to say Lamar Jackson. But the, so, and again, this is why the, we have. If we had a, if we ended the season last week. I still would have said Lamar Jackson. Really? That's interesting. So, So, no, but this was a case, and I've been thinking, I never wrote it down, but I meant to lay it out, I believe, last week, and then it just got away from me. The Ravens have, so far to this point, three losses on the season. Those three losses are by, I believe, seven points in Pittsburgh in a game where all the Ravens receivers combined for, like, the most drops in 20 years out of one team. Two points to the Browns in the greatest game Deshaun Watson's played in the better part of three seasons and then he went out injured for the rest of it and then a fluky game I think it was like three points to the Colts early on in the season so they have three losses on the year by a combined we'll say 14 15 points and they've beaten the Lions made the weren't even the Lions didn't even deserve to be on the field with the Ravens that day they won the NFC North they beat the Seahawks, who beat the Eagles, who played good games necessarily against the 49ers, who played the Cowboys tough. They didn't even belong on the same field as the Baltimore Ravens. They didn't have the Chiefs on their schedule this year. They didn't have the Bills on their schedule this year. We'll find out more when they play the Dolphins this week. But just taking care of business every single week. And Lamar Jackson, to this offense, to any offense he would be a part of if you use him in the dynamic ways that have proven to be so effective – Impacts more than just the passing game. In a similar way to Josh Allen, probably more so than Josh Allen. Impacts the running game. You have to game plan for him in the running game. Every week you go into the game plan against the Baltimore Ravens, who's the first guy that's at the top of that board. Now you would make the similar case, right, for Tyreek Hill most of the time, but you're making the case for Tyreek Hill with Jalen Waddle out there, with Devin A. Chain in the backfield, with Raheem Mostert, who has 20-some touchdowns this year, and then you have two of playing point guard. So I rest my Is case. Is there a season <laughs> in NFL history where someone didn't account for 50 touchdowns and not win the MVP? Because it's going to happen with Josh Allen. He's going to score 50-plus. He's at 40-plus already with two games well, left. And this is why all this weekly talk of the MVP is annoying because it's a season totality award. And if the Bills were to make the playoffs and Allen has some stats, the problem possibly. Is, and so, I've been guilty of this. I keep giving Allen credit for bringing them back and getting them in. The way the season... They've performed under expectations. The Bills are in this situation. They shouldn't be in. Well, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, too, is this was the year the AFC East was supposed to be great, but the Bills were still supposed to be the top dog. Correct. Them and the Dolphins in a 1A, 1B race. Which is the knock he should get in a, that, if you're well, splitting hairs. And that's where it sounds like maybe you and I disagree in our mentalities of it, Johnny, is I think team success as it relates to the rest of the league should play a portion. It doesn't have to be the be-all, end-all. But the reason that, and and again, coming out of my mouth, it sounds biased because I do watch the Ravens. I am a Ravens fan. I do support the Ravens. The Ravens have been going this way since the season started. The Bills, yes, it was back in September and in October, but they put themselves in a hole. And so just because Josh Allen's going to finish, like you said, with 50 touchdowns in that neighborhood, they had to scrap and fight just to get in the playoffs when the Ravens are in a position to be able to rest everybody in Week 18. All good points. We talked some about team wins and team losses. Real quick, little trivia question for you guys. Only two teams this season have not lost back-to-back games. The Ravens are one. Who's the other? It has to be the Bills, right? Nope. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I'll give a clue. It's to tee people up for this coming weekend, though. The answer is the Dolphins. Wow. I was going to say uh, it's probably the Dolphins, right? Playing for the one seed, both teams are the only two teams in the NFL that haven't lost back-to-back weeks. That should be a really good one. And a game we're talking MVP, Lamar, put the put the pedal to the metal now. Because it's going to be him versus Tua. No Jalen Waddle, so Tua will have to do more. It'll be interesting to see what the... who the, I'd be, I wish they'd show us who the top five are at the end of the season. Because I'll be very curious to see the voting and how it all plays out. Mm. Do Purdy and McCaffrey split votes? Does Lamar run away with it? Is Allen and Tua involved despite expectations? We'll see. I got a lot more here in the NFL, but we're not going to do all of it. We've gone long with really good MVP discussion that I didn't see coming. Kudos to Johnny for bringing that one up. (laughs) New Year's resolutions as sports fans for 2023. I'll start to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I'm going to get away from football for this resolution, and it's to get reinvested in the New York Knicks. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I like that. I am all for that. For I that love revolution. the NBA as a kid. I love the NBA as a teenager. I love the NBA in my 20s. I have gotten away from it a little bit. 
in the past few years. I have specifically gotten away from my Knicks. They're playing well again. They got guys that are fun to watch, to get behind. And I've watched a couple games here in the last two weeks that I've really enjoyed watching. My 2024 New Year's resolution as a sports fan is to get back into my Knicks. David, are you ready? No. Okay, Johnny, Johnny, are you ready? Uh, yeah, mine is to uh, not care about the freaking Cowboys so much and let them break my heart Fair. every freaking week. It's a chronic illness. It mm-hmm. is. It's a chronic genetic illness. I blame my father for this. Uh, yeah, it just it takes too much of a toll. It drives me too insane. I would like to continue to build up uh, my baseball fanhood. I'm really loving baseball. I want to get deep into that. Where John and I can actually agree on yeah. stuff. We can, one thing we can agree on. So, yeah, a little bit less football, a little bit more baseball. Love it. I want to balance it out. Logan? I have a couple. Uh, All right. I will, one quick football one, uh, very briefly. I would like to watch a little bit more all 22 film in 2024 yeah, it's, right. it's uh i i've always appreciated it. i follow some creators and stuff on twitter and watch like this is why this worked this is what they did to combat this like and i'm sure that it's out there and i'm even if i have to sign up for it or whatever i'm sure there's a way to access that so watch a little bit more than i did this year and that was pretty much zero so because i find that enjoyable and i think that's how you learn about the game Absolutely. and understand the game a little it's bit more way so. more educational than watching espn or, exactly so, so might as well get into it even if i just did it or listening to us but yeah. keep listening yeah, <laughs> yeah please keep listening like i said i like this gig yeah um and at least for the high school stuff at least (laughs) and then as far as uh other resolutions it's to just not pay attention to the los angeles lakers until they figure it out because (laughs) i said i wasn't going to tune in until christmas and then i tuned in until christmas and the celtics were just in front the whole way uh but don't get me wrong. I, there has been some good Lakers moments in season tournament champs. I mean, yeah, woo. you guys hung um, a banner already. Hung a banner already. <laughs> but it's just, it just feels like the pieces are always just one step away from working. Like they went to the Western Conference Finals last year, and but this is a team that should be in the finals mix, right? And LeBron doesn't have a whole lot of time no. left. Who knows how long it really is? But as long as he's going to be in a Lakers uniform and Anthony Davis is playing some of his best ball, just to be, I guess, not. I don't know. I don't know what the resolution is. I would just like to see the Lakers take their place at the throne and be able to support that. So I'm, my resolution is maybe for those out in L.A. Like, hey, let's just be who we're supposed to be. Like so. It. All right. So mine is to get a little more reacquainted with hockey. Okay. So okay. good one. I, being nicknamed Philly Dave and all, have been a, <laughs> of course, very big Flyers fan my entire life. And I grew up with them being awesome every year. Always came up short in the playoffs. It was always frustrating, but they were always fun to watch. Regular seasons, everything. I always, to me, baseball and football and basketball, I feel like I put a little higher than hockey in terms of just my favorite sports. And But I also don't think there's anything more enjoyable for me when the Flyers are good. Watching good hockey is a lot of fun. Now, the last time the Flyers made the playoffs were 2020. And the last the, the three years after that, they became one of the biggest laughing stocks of a franchise in sports. Now they've actually read on the entire front office. They actually have given us a direction. And like we all know they were going we all know what the rebuilding process is supposed to be. And all of a sudden the Flyers are actually really fun to watch again. And I watched playoffs recently. I love watching the hockey playoffs, but I no longer really know the players and who's the best and all that. But with the Flyers being good, and it's kind of, who knows if that's even going to last. It's a rebuilding thing. They might fall down eventually and not be as good. But they're fun right now, and it's making me love hockey again. And I want to get myself back into having the knowledge I have, like the knowledge I have of baseball and football and basketball. I want that knowledge to come back for me with hockey. Love it. That's a good one. Let's go. Let's get people out of here. Get them well on their way to their New Year's Eve. Hope you all have your own special sports New Year's resolutions. One of them should be to listen to more of this pod. We hope. 100%. We hope go to the Jolly Farmer more. Go to the Jolly Farmer more. Check out (laughs) the Morning Times and the Daily Review more. Logan, David, Johnny, everyone's doing an awesome job. They're going to continue to do so in 2024. We've got a lot coming for you. With that said, how well do you know your division? Still in first, but not by much. David's gaining ground on me, 38 and 13. David, 35 and 15. Logan and Johnny are in a one-game 
tight Half race there even. for who doesn't know ball. Oh, that's, that's what it. No, no, no. no, no sorry, sorry, sorry. Logan sorry, sorry. Up two weeks in the basement sorry, for Mister <laughs> Mister Williams. What I will say is, it, it is nice to just be with you gentlemen in, in the thirty win club. Um, it's so. it's a. It, and while I can still say it, so it's a very, very important club to be in. It determines whether you really know football at this point in the year. <laughs> One of us is not in. He will have to start this week. He is twenty nine and twenty. Johnny NFC East this week. I, I'm going to go out and before you guys get going, this is your chance to really gain some wins because this is a this is, seems like a pretty cut and dry week for the NFC East. Yeah, it, it allows me to catch up on on uh, Logan a little bit. He's got some tough matchups he's going to have to pick from. I'm going to start out. Oh boy, Rams over the Giants. I'm skipping my Cowboys for now. Uh, Eagles over the Cardinals. Mm, that's a really toss. Niners compares is a toss up now that Brock Purdy's been, been exposed. Hey, no Sam Howell. <laughs> no Sam Howell. Real no, game turner. Jacoby Brissett's a real, like, just a franchise changer at 34 years old. 49ers in that one. I'm going to go Dallas gets right this week, and the home the home win streak continues. Like it. I, I will say before I start my picks, yeah. you said an easy week to pick to get some wins for the NFC East. Um, the Giants have been in that division all year, and the Commanders have been in that division all year. That's that's uh, two games a week. I meant for, I just meant for how well you know your division. <laughs> and, and if you don't know what I'm trying that's to say, I mean, you're just being the, a troll. Those are easy to pick. Is all right, well, Commanders-Jets is not necessarily an easy pick, yeah. just for to be fair. That's a good point. <laughs> that, that was the ugly bowl. Um, I'll go next, and this game's on Thursday night, so you'll know yep. Friday morning whether I was right or wrong, but I will go with the Browns over yeah. the Jets. Joe Flacco revenge game. For, and he's just playing He's playing so well right now. He was the Nickelodeon MVP, or at least he was on the Slime Show. I think Amari Cooper was the MVP. Pretty cool story, right? Uh, Amari Cooper. One of the best. Yeah. One well, of the best. Side note, Amari Cooper backpacked me to my fantasy football championship. And I loved his, he was talking to his teammates in the locker room. I loved the comment where he said, thank you guys for making me feel like a 10-year-old again. Made you kind of want to root for Joe a little bit. He was sitting on the couch, and now he's in the thick of an AFC playoff race. And just playing house money. I mean, the guy's made his earning. I think he's making like $750,000 a game that he wins. An incredible story. <laughs> Crazy. For him. Uh, Dolphins at Ravens, I'll pick last. Give me the Chiefs over the Bengals. The Browning show kind of came to an end last week against the good Steelers defense. Chiefs need to get and right. The Chiefs yeah, exactly yeah. need to get right. Lost to the Raiders on Christmas Day. So give me the Chiefs in that one. I will go Seahawks over Steelers, though they did beat the Bengals handedly. I think going to Seattle is a tough ask, and I think Mason Rudolph's supposed to start again. So... At the end of the day, we set it on and off again all year. This is not a great football team, no. and I don't think Seattle's bad playing at home. Give me Seattle in that one. And then Dolphins at Ravens have to go with Baltimore. Chance to lock up the number one seed. Chance to chase everything you've been chasing all year, and it's here and it's in front of you. And this team remembers there's 2019 Haros, and I think they're ready to maybe take another crack at it. You win this game, a potential AFC divisional round, AFC championship game, those are both in Baltimore if that happens. Uh, so. One thing you're not going to be able to say about the Ravens going into this you can't say they're not battle-tested. No. I mean, Niners, Dolphins, the Rams are good. Ravens playing some of their best football against the best teams here down the stretch. David, go ahead and back to the NFC East. I'll pick Eagles over Cardinals, 49ers over Commanders, Rams over Giants. Tough one here. It is. Lions, Cowboys. You know, maybe it, the, the Niners and the Eagles both had three-game losing streaks. Maybe it's time for the Cowboys. <laughs> don't. It's funny, though, because... I kind of need the Cowboys to win. And with it being home. It's a weird feeling. How do you call yourself a fan? You that's a weird. <laughs> Some would say it's the best rivalry in football, though. That's, that's, what, well, I'm, that's what I've heard. Well, it's it's odd. You did that. Yeah. <laughs> either, either Lions or Cowboys win, and something good happens for the Eagles, assuming they beat the Cardinals. However, I like if the Cowboys lose, Eagles won the division, awesome. But the seeding might be more important at this point. I'm not entirely sure. I will pick the Cowboys in it. All right. They got to win. It's at home. So like it. Jets, Browns, like we said, this game will have already happened. Sneaky competitive game, though, maybe just because of the defense is low scoring. If 1-800 game, if you want to bet the under. <laughs> Life's too short. Life's too short, though. You won't see me doing it, but I will take the Browns. I will take the Bills. Because you and love I the Patriots. I will take the Ravens. Whew. I need Ooh. it. I need it. I need it. I asked Johnny for some help last week. Not a good friend. Didn't give it to me. I'll ask my other friend, Logan, for a little help this week. Do me a favor. Help me out, Ravens. Let's go, Buffalo. Good luck to all. Enjoy the new year. Catch us again back here next Friday. More football, more high school, 
more everything from the Football Friday podcast. Thank you, everyone. See you next week.